What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Bucks. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, Camille Davis is back here with me to wrap up the week. We're going to be talking about the Bucks. We're going to be talking about the Bulls. Finally, we get this matchup that we've been waiting for for a long time. Now, the Bulls have plenty of players out of the lineup. We're going to discuss that, what it means. Look at the Chicago team defensively, which is probably the biggest question mark in the preseason. I think it remains the biggest question. So we'll get into that. And then Camille's been scrolling through Twitter. And finding some interesting tweets regarding Giannis, regarding winning championship teams, the role players on those championship teams. So we're going to get into that as well. That's going to be a lot of fun later in the show. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, of course, is Camille Davis from the Technical Foul Podcast, also from Locked On Bucks, by the way. It's on the show once a week now for those that missed the memo there. Camille, it's always good to have you back. How are you doing? I am good. Happy that it's Thursday. Happy that the Bucks won yesterday and that we're finally going to be able to see the Bucks versus the Bulls. Although, like you said, it's not going to be quite the matchup we were hoping for, but I have been really, really excited to see this Bulls team. It's Friday afternoon, 3 p.m. So when you talk about it being Thursday night, you guys, <laughs> you guys are living in the past. By the way, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day, whether it's on your audio platform or on YouTube. We really appreciate it. Now, I was almost cracking up laughing as I was trying to do this intro. So just a little behind-the-scenes Locked On Bucks action here. It was our second attempt at the intro because <laughs> when I sent Camille the link to jump on this show... I accidentally sent it to the entire Locked On podcast network, every single host across the network. And I said, as soon as I sent it, I realized what I did. I said, please, no one jump in this link. I'm about to start this show with Camille. Of course, there had to be one. There had to be one clown, Nick Angstead of <laughs> of Locked On Mavericks, who has been on this podcast a number of times. Absolute clown. Couldn't help himself. I was utterly distracted, Camille, and I couldn't, I couldn't continue. So we had to start again. So I'm sorry for wasting your time. No, you're all good. I normally am watching you run this show and I'm like, this man does not miss. So it's nice to know that you're human, actually, because normally with, with the ads, with how you bring everything in, like you normally don't miss. So it's nice to know. All right. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Let's talk Bucks and Bulls. As I said, tomorrow night uh, or Friday night, uh, as you guys will be listening to the show, watching this show, if you're in the US Friday, again, Saturday morning for me, Bucks and the Bulls, Central Division rivals. Interestingly, it, just looking at the standings, and we've been discussing this a lot, that it is bunched up big time now with these teams at the top of the East. The Bucs have just played so many damn games of basketball, Camille. Yeah. Uh, when I looked at the the standings recently, I was like, wow, like we are really past that that 40, 42 game mark. And like we are, we are flying through this. And the Bucs have played a lot of games. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that at this point we are past a lot of the injury. The injury news, I saw injury report going into this Bulls game is pretty clean outside of Brooke. So that's great news. I'm just hoping because when you think about how much basketball these guys have been playing, 
And then with the way that the season has started, with how many games they've had off the bat, uh, <laughs> I just want us to make it to All-Star Weekend in a good place so that the guys can get some some rest. Well, most of our guys. I'm hoping we get at yeah. least two All-Stars. <laughs> at least two All-Stars. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot of games so far. And the crazy thing is, although it's been so many games, and normally at this point in the season, you kind of have an idea of what's going on. No clue. No clue. Uh, so many mishappened rosters and injuries and not just with the Bucks, just literally all over the league. So it's been quite an interesting season. So the Bucks and the Bulls actually both have 28 wins on the season. Uh, the big difference is the Bucks have just played four more games, which is kind of what I'm getting at. It doesn't feel like there's been too many two-day breaks, certainly not many three-day breaks. I haven't looked right ahead in the schedule, but you're right. The All-Star break will be nice for this team. Um, but also potentially just getting some more two-day breaks. There has to be on the schedule because they've just yeah. played um, more games than most of the teams across the NBA. As far as the injury report goes, you're right. When you If you scroll through the NBA injury report right now and it's team by team, you're like, oh my goodness, it's page, 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 page. Yeah. And then you see the Bucks, one name. This hasn't happened all season long. It has a couple of times, but it's been very, very rare just to see Brooke Lopez there. Uh, by the way, what do you think about Brooke Lopez with a beard? I have not seen this. He has a beard now? Yeah, he was at practice the other day. Um, and look, I will say this, and I respect it because I'm a man who uh, likes to just be very casual, wear whatever. I don't really like to do anything with my hair. That's why I'm always wearing hats. But Brooke Lopez definitely, from time to time, and I would say Robin Lopez fits in this category as well, looks a little more scruffy than your yeah. uh, than your average NBA player that feel, that to me feels like are you guys getting a haircut literally every three days and sharpening everything up I'm not sure so Brooke Lopez rocking a beard right now but he's the only name on the injury report but that's not the case for Chicago Lonzo Ball uh, he's gonna be out for a little while is what I yeah. saw I believe I woke, did I wake up to a tweet this morning saying it's a meniscus there's gonna be a few weeks there with Lonzo, Camille, is that is that accurate? Yeah, I've seen varying reports. The first reports I saw were saying it's going to be like a four to six week timeline, but then okay. I started seeing six to eight weeks. So let's say that six weeks is let's, that's the average here between the two different timelines that we've gotten so far. Yeah. So at least like we're looking like maybe two months of Lonzo missing out for the Bulls, and he's a big part of what they do defensively. And he's, I mean, just such a creative playmaker too. They really miss him, and they miss Caruso while he was out too, but luckily they have him back. I mean, luckily for Chicago. Luckily for Chicago. So they'll get Caruso back. He played uh, the other night, but Javante Green is out. Derek Jones Jr. is out. Zach Levine is still out. And then Patrick Williams, who's missed the majority of the season, but he's still out as well. And particularly, we kind of discussed this with Frank yesterday, but just when you look at this team defensively, and I think the biggest question mark for me with the Bulls is, okay, like, there's a lot of talent on this team and you put those guys back in the lineup. It's it's a strong team. But what is this team going to be able to do defensively in the postseason? I don't think we're going to learn too much tomorrow because without Javante Green, who's been the guy who's played up for a lot of the season, he's actually been a pretty pretty handy role player. And then Derek Jones Jr. and, and obviously Pat Williams again, as I mentioned. They don't really have the bodies. And poor old Vooch, poor old Vooch. <laughs> Is, is going to have a tough task tomorrow trying to handle Giannis coming downhill. He definitely is because, I mean, coming into the season, I didn't know what to project Chicago as because they right. lacked that traditional rim protector. And I just kept wondering, like, where is the defense going to come from? And when you watch how they took off to start the season, the defense really just started in the fact that they had such dogs in their backcourt, like, having Caruso and Lonzo just kind of try to keep everybody on the perimeter. Like we're going to try our hardest not to let anyone get back to our weak rim protection in the first place. So 
when you're missing those two pieces, a lot of their defense is out the window as well. And I mean, I don't know if they're gonna do it. Are they put the Rosen on Giannis too? Like how how are they how are they going to stop what Giannis is going to do? And whatever you do with Giannis, then you also are gonna have Drew trying to bully his way down there too. Like Drew can get to his spot in the mid-range, not like Chris does, but more of a post game. Like he I mean, well, not post game, they both kind of play in the post, but the way that Drew can just manhandle defenders when he wants to, and then you put someone like Chris next to both of them, and he can just create his own shot like it's 1995 all over the place when it comes to that mid-range shot. I just don't know how Chicago is really going to stop what the Bucks are going to do tomorrow. Yeah, I've been thinking about this, just watching the Bulls earlier in the season as well. And and I suspect, and again, we're not really going to see it tomorrow because Lonzo is not there, so it does change the calculus a little bit. But my suspicion was, and we'll see whether this is the case moving forward or, or this ends up being the case, but I, I thought that we were going to see something similar to potentially what we've seen from Toronto in the past, uh, and also other Clippers teams that, that Kawhi's been on. Kawhi hasn't always been the man defender on Giannis, but what they've been able to do is put other guys, and sometimes it was a big with Toronto, sometimes it was a Serge Ibaka, sometimes it was a Marcus Ole, but other times it was a smaller guard, and then if you have just guys bombard Giannis, whether it's on the spin when he tries to get to the middle or on a quick double team, and this is kind of what the Bulls have been doing defensively. You already pointed to it. It's been kind of chaotic with Caruso and with Lonzo Ball. And I, I wonder whether we're going to try and put a smaller guy and then just try and swarm Giannis, freak him out a little bit, see if they can catch him by surprise. I, I don't know whether that's a a, uh, a plan that would work, but I, I do think that's where the Bulls have had success. And at least it's something different to what Giannis usually says rather than, hey, Nikola Vucevic is standing in front of you. Uh, okay, Giannis, you can go one-on-one, get downhill and score or, or get him in foul trouble straight away. Yeah, because, I mean, the one thing you really don't want to do with Giannis is keep giving him the same looks over and over and over and over because he will figure it out. So, like, Chicago's best bet will to be having that chaotic energy and kind of just mixing it up, throw some zones at him, throw throw the double guards at him, switch it up, have Caruso guarding him, which I think we actually will see a little bit tomorrow. Um, Just keep switching it up because if you don't, he's just going to keep making the same play. Like, you can't stop him. You can't make it easy for Giannis. You have to make it difficult. And that's what we saw in Charlotte to a certain degree, where they just kept throwing so many different defenses out there, not just confusing Giannis at times, but just the Bucks offense in general. Like, okay, let me figure out what we're what we're seeing right now. And now let's run a play. So Chicago's really, I mean, I guess their only hope is to try to confuse the Bucks in that way. But yet and still, I don't know if they have the personnel to really be super successful at it, but I'm sure they're going to make an attempt at it. Yeah, again, it's not going to be tomorrow, but whether it's Alonzo, it potentially could be Caruso at times tomorrow. But I've still always thought a smaller guy can cause some issues for Giannis. Yeah. One, because if Giannis even touches these guys, they're flying 50 <laughs> meters and the, the opportunity for an offensive foul is there. And the other thing is, when you're as tall as Giannis, and this is pretty simple stuff, and I do think Giannis has got better at dribbling the ball, whether it's a crossover through his legs, keeping the ball low. And sometimes going back years ago, He's just a tall man. You have to, to dribble the ball. The ball's coming up pretty high. When you've got a little defender up in your armpits, uh, they can poke the ball <laughs> away. They can they can get in there. And especially uh, Caruso's bald head yeah. up in his armpits there trying to poke the ball away. Who knows what could happen? So it could cause chaos. So I'm interested anyway. I'm intrigued. I would bet uh, that if it's just Giannis and Vucevic, though, that he's going to have a pretty big night. But... Uh, that leads me to betonline.ag, which would like to wish everyone a happy new betting year as they continue 
the march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year, which means there's a new updated desktop and mobile website where you can sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. It can be basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever it is. You can find it all at BetOnline. Dot j, dot ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all those favorite sports of yours. Let's bet online where the game starts. Uh, of course, don't forget to check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Now, I plugged this yesterday. I was on it yesterday. So I'm sure everyone after they listened to Locked On Bucks went and listened to Locked On Now, which reminds me, by the way, there apparently was some issue with the audio version of this podcast uh, that didn't upload to your apps there so i believe i believe that that is up on the apps now so if you're listening to this podcast here with camille and you missed the post game pod with the grizzlies i was with frank you can check that out there and i will say make sure you remind me if you don't see the pod and it's literally hours and hours and hours and hours after the game send me a tweet get into youtube comments wherever it is send me an email whatever need be uh, and let me know because it might surprise you guys, but I don't listen to the pod. So I never check the apps <laughs> to see whether the podcast is up there. So I appreciate it if you let me know. And maybe I'm just working on some other stuff, but maybe it hasn't worked at all, which was the case today. So let me know. And then I will be able to tell you. I want to get to some defensive numbers from the Bulls. But first of all, shout out to two Bucks fans who went to the Grizzlies game and it was their first time live at a Bucks game. They reached out to me. First one, Noah Peterson uh, got onto me on the YouTube channel. So I hope that uh, he had a great time. He's been a Bucks fan for a long time since he was 12 years old. The Andrew Bogut days, similar story yeah. to me, I, I guess. So shout out to Noah. And also Tim Lewis is an Aussie. Uh, he's from Warnable, which means nothing to you, Camille, but it's about <laughs> three hours away from where I live in Melbourne. And he messaged me on Twitter. Tim Lewis sent me a DM and said, I'm in Milwaukee. And I was like, okay, first of all, how the hell did you get to Milwaukee? Because no one can leave or get back into Australia on this little island that we live on. So how are you in Milwaukee? Anyway, I think his partner is a Wisconsinite or something like that, which by the way, that's what I should be. That's that's what I should be working at, Camille. But <laughs> I, I told you, Kane, I'll be your wing woman. When you come back, we're gonna go out. We're gonna hit the streets. Man, I gotta <laughs> got do that. But he's but this brings me to the question. So he said, Where should I go around the deer district for good food? And I said, Well, I said, to be honest, to my knowledge, the food around the deer district and around five step four. Remember, we're dealing with pub food, right? There's plenty of bars. There's plenty of right. bars that I like going to, but it's mostly pub food. What did I miss? What would you recommend around five step four to eat? Oh around? man. So I mean, the thing the thing with that is like before a Bucks game. The whole deer district, I mean, it's packed. So part of the problem is trying to find somewhere close by to eat. So normally I'm going to be walking a few blocks to get something to eat. And there's just so many different options. It really just depends on what you're in the mood for. But you have to kind of prepare ahead a little bit um, because everywhere is generally packed. But, I mean, you have the whole old world third strip of different restaurants to choose from. You could go a little bit further down Water Street and get some other grubs. Like there's, there's some options. There's some options. Depends on what you want. So I remember the first time I came to Milwaukee and I keep on mentioning this first trip. Everyone knows it, but by this stage, if you listen to the podcast a lot, but it was back in the Bulls series 2015. But I remember that I'd never really seen the Bradley Center other than on TV. And I was like, oh, I wonder where the Bradley Center is. I don't really know my way around Milwaukee, trying to figure it all out. I went with uh, a couple of people that I was staying with 
um, lovely local people that said, we'll take you to the basketball. Let's go. Let's hang out. Uh, so we went to Buck Bradley's and I was like, oh, this is fine. We're Bucks fans everywhere. We're drinking beers. We're eating food. Playoff basketball is about to come. And then when you walk out the door, then you just see the Bradley Center is there. And I was just like, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, this is my favorite bar to go to. And there's actually nothing that special about Buck Bradley's. But it is good before yeah. a basketball game. That's for sure. So that's what I'd say. Go there. Let's get back to the Bulls. So some defensive numbers that I was looking at before, because I was just curious, particularly around Nikola Vucevic, as we've already mentioned, just in terms of his rim protection, what the Bulls are doing in the paint this year. So this is all uh, via NBA.com stats. So uh, the Bulls so far this season, they're giving up 30.9 shots per game within six feet, which is the fourth most in the NBA. So teams are getting shots up there. But uh, the percentage that they're giving up, 62.2% on defended field goal, attempts is actually middle of the pack 62.2 sounds high but it's 14th in the league so that's dead almost dead even in the middle of the pack and just for reference the bucks are actually at 61.2 percent so they're pretty close there it's not much better last year the bucks were at 57 and they were number one in the league we know why the big fella with the beard was on the court so that's obviously (laughs) a uh a big deterrent there when teams are trying to score in there or or getting those shots up vucevic himself is giving up 59.6 percent uh, field goal percentage at the uh, within six feet this season. So 59.6%. If you compare that to some other, the other top rim protectors in the league, Go Bears at 51, Jared Allen's at 48, Giannis is at 45%, which is obviously absolutely wow. absurd. And Brooke Lopez has always hovered around that low 40s mark as well. We know how elite he is, but uh, anytime you're under 50%, uh, you're doing some good stuff within six. Uh, six feet of the basket. Interesting, Bobby Portis is actually at 55% in the year, which is very, very, huh. very respectable, Bobby, uh, when teams get in there. Now, I do think part of that might be the fact that Giannis is also hovering in the area. Right. Um, it can be a little bit dicey how they track these field goal percentages and who's defending and those types of things. But either way, the Bulls, again, to get back to that defensive stuff, they are a team that'll you, – you can score in the paint. You can score in the paint in this team, which, again – I still think projects to be their issue. They're down to 19th mm-hmm. overall in defense in the league now. Yeah, and that bodes well for our guys. Like I mentioned earlier, you got Giannis, you got Drew, you got Bobby. You got some guys that love making a living in the paint. So I think that's a great matchup for us looking at that. And one thing I just keep thinking about, especially with DeRozan, um, without Levine there, without Lonzo, without all these other guys there, like – DeRozan was already their key cog in their offense for the most part. Him and Zach are kind of like a tandem, but DeRozan seemed to be the guy who they trusted in the big moments at the end of the game. Without that extra help around him, are you expecting DeRozan to have a good game tomorrow night? Because, I mean, we have some history with him and the Bucks, New Jersey's, but when I, I was think about say, DeMar DeRozan... Uh, I was going to say, I mean, it's DeMar DeRozan. Of course I'm expecting him to have a good game. What are you, ta- <laughs> what are you talking about? He's playing the Bucks. It's just something about it, like DeRozan against the Bucks, and it's it's. I just have flashbacks a little bit sometimes. Well, the floor should, in theory, shrink tomorrow night with Round no Lonzo, yeah. no Zach Levine. Uh, those guys aren't there spacing the floor, which I think has been the re- a really important factor. And I was talking with Frank after we finished recording last night just about the Bulls, and and he kind of said a, a, a similar thing just in terms of DeRozan, the way DeRozan plays in general. And this is why I think it's fascinating to look at the Bulls and how they might perform in the playoffs because the way that DeRozan scores, uh, mm-hmm. makes tough shots, can score in isolation clearly, 
can put the ball on the floor, can score at the rack. I mean, he can do everything within the perimeter. You would think that that's the type of player that would dominate playoff basketball, but it hasn't really been the case so far. And I think ultimately, when I think about the Bulls, this is kind of the sticking point, I think, for so many people. They're like, DeMar DeRozan is really the guy that's going to lead this team to be a contender? It's just a hard idea to wrap your head around. It is. It is. It seems like, I don't know, well... It's felt like we've been living in a weird reality for the last few years as it is, yeah. but seeing DeMar DeRozan in a Bulls jersey playing like he's baby Jordan has been really strange for me because I remember those Toronto series with him. And even when he was down in San Antonio and they had like, it just, it, the regular season success just does not seem to translate over to the playoffs when it comes to DeMar DeRozan. I'm not exactly sure why that is or what that is. Maybe it's because, I mean, the defense level changes in the playoffs, more attention on them. But something always changes in that moment. But I don't know. I like this Bulls team when healthy. I actually do. Uh, I'm not going to say, like, I think they're a contender, but I think they're a team that can make it tough for a lot of different teams. Yeah, I think that's right. But when you talk about with the players or teams where they can perform in the regular season, perform in the playoffs, uh, it's sometimes it's wait and see. Sometimes you need to see how they go in the postseason. But there's one thing that, you know, performs, whether it's regular season or postseason or off season, any season, and that's built bar because it is a new year. So that means there is New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a built bar in your plan. If you want to eat healthy, but it can be boring, then built bar is the snack for you. You won't get to week three and be thinking, this is just not worth it. This isn't working for me. You'll want more. You'll go to built.com, you'll do another bulk order, you'll get different flavors. You'll be loving life and the diet, the New Year's resolution, whatever it may be, the exercise plan will be uh, working to perfection. So you'll be feeling pretty good about that. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, while you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. It doesn't get much better than that. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, I got to throw this to you now, Camille. Uh, All right. What are these tweets you're looking at? And I will say I was getting ready this morning to head into work and I saw this and I, I saw a graph where Giannis was kind of completely out on his own. I said, yes, Giannis. There's, there's almost every graph Giannis is like that. So I didn't actually dive into the details. You brought it yeah. up. I mean, in, I'm interested. Okay. So, you know, just during my free time, just scrolling through Twitter, saw a tweet from Hoop site and it was just a, a, a chart. And I'm like, what is this chart talking about? And why is this, why are they calling out Giannis in particular within this chart? And the chart is just saying that of all players in the NBA 75 list, Giannis is the one with the least star power around him to win an NBA championship. So there are guys, you know, who didn't even win a ring, who had more star power around them, who were on this NBA 75 list. And then you have some guys where it's like, of course, having that talent help propel them because someone else who's completely on their own is Bill Russell, but in the complete opposite way. I mean, first of all, the man has 11 championships, but he also just had so much talent around him. And the way that they determined that was by looking at it like this. The star rating was that you got one point per each teammate with an MVP, an all-star, an all-NBA, a first team, or an all-NBA second team selection. So with that criteria, they are saying that Giannis, of all the NBA 75 folks, is the one who had the least amount of star power around him to win a championship does that surprise you 
Not really. I'm looking at this because I've actually pulled it up. And by the way, I like the caption from Hoops Hype here. It says, you're not going to believe it, but there's a pretty strong correlation between the star player <laughs> you play with and the amount of NBA titles you win. Hey, hey, we, we, we all suspect that that might be the case. But I'm trying to figure out where this Giannis dot is. And I guess I could click on the story. But I, I'm guessing it's the one on the bottom left, just on the one, right? Yep, the very first dot you see on the one. Yeah, so that, I mean, this is the thing. And we kind of were discussing the idea of this uh, last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago, Camille. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, now that we're living in it and now that we've seen it and we've seen what Chris Milton can do and we've seen what Drew Holiday can do, I think that we view them differently to what even perhaps the rest of the NBA would and, and quite honestly what the history books probably will as well because we all do it. I do it. I don't know some of these guys that were playing in the 80s, these role players, and you look right. up their basketball reference, and it's like, oh, my God, that was six-time All-Star. That's incredible. I've hardly heard of that guy. I don't think, and I, I hope that they do, and I hope that they get enough accolades over the next few years to move into that, but I'm not sure if the Bucks win three titles in the next five years, depending on what happens. Again, like you mentioned, all NBA selections. I'm not sure that the narrative isn't going to be in 20 years' time that Giannis was just this solo behemoth carrying the whole city of Milwaukee on his shoulders and playing with a bunch of scrubs, which is clearly wrong. But history will tell you that this Bucks team clearly, going by the graph, it's fact. I mean, in terms of individual accolades, some of these guys on this Bucks roster I think are criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. But the way we judge players these days, a lot of the times, is how many All-Stars did he have? How many All-NBA? What individual awards did he win? And quite frankly, Drew Holiday, Chris Milton don't have a lot in their bag. And some people can say that's wrong, but it's the facts. It is. And I mean, I saw earlier on Twitter, there was the the StatMuse graphic about how Giannis, Drew, and Chris are 17-3 and three when they play together so far this season. Like the Bucks Big Three has this record. And someone retweeted it and just said, y'all really think this is the Big Three? And it made me kind of just laugh because I mean that that concept where it's like, did we have we not seen what Chris and what Drew was man in a was this table? was this man in a coma for like uh, from <laughs> from May to June or what? What happened? I don't know. It just I I can't really explain the phenomenon where it just kind of feels like people forget really really quickly. I'm not exactly sure what that is. And I mean, you might want to argue that they're not a technical big three because Giannis has been the only perennial All Star. I mean, there's there's ways you can you can argue whatever your your position on the, the uh, point is. But to me, when I think about like just a big three, like normally I'm looking at teams down, like who are your three best players? Because that just seems to be the way that things have moved. And sometimes the one is bigger than the other two or the one and two are on the same level, whatever the case may be. Like generally, I'm just trying to look, who are your top three players on your team that you can bring to the table? And while Chris and Drew might not have that hardware, I think they're the perfect teammates for someone like Giannis because of the way that he plays and also how they also just don't seem to have any egos. The guys are not selfish. They just want to win and they're willing to do whatever it is. And we've seen Chris when it's his time, when he needs to step up, he steps up. When Drew needs to step up, he steps up. And all three of these guys, they just seem to get it. And what excites me the most about them going into year two is that now we're having some more chemistry between them. To win a championship the first year that we get Drew Holiday, like, I, it's I, I couldn't have asked for more. I, I did. I mean, like, of course, I'm like, yeah, we're going to win a championship. But like, to actually see it happen was surreal. It still feels surreal sometimes that the Bucks won a championship. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, going into last season, 
for me, it was about that internal improvement. Can we have some some next steps from some of these guys that we have? And I look at this Bucks team and I see the guys taking some more steps as well. We've mentioned it before. Bobby's having a great season. Pat's been a little cold recently, but he seems to have that championship confidence coming. I mean, he's been out he's the lineup. By the way. Right. <laughs> I mean, God, bleeding it. Like he just he just can't seem to help himself at this point. It's like his head's a magnet for just things to come at it at this point. But that internal improvement with those guys and seeing those three continue to work on their chemistry, seeing more two-man game with Drew and Chris or Drew and Giannis has been cool to see too because they're just developing that chemistry. And history books might not look back on it and say like, wow, like what a solid big three they had. They might look at it like you mentioned and say this was Giannis's show. And I mean, Giannis is a generational talent. We know that now. And it's it's kind of weird to kind of think about that still because I can still remember his rookie year where it's kind of like, I hope this kid can flash something. But no, he's one of the best NBA players to ever pick up a basketball at this point. So when you look at how high his ceiling is too, it's really hard to try to be on that level with him because there's not many people who are going to have the same talent as Giannis because it's, 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 you don't see it often. You really don't. Yeah. It's interesting. The problem, I mean, I always want to compare this championship team that it's the San Antonio Spurs model. And if you look at Giannis as the Tim Duncan, and I know there will be people that will say Giannis is better than Tim Duncan, whatever. I mean, he's an all time great. So it's, it, there's nothing disrespectful about making that comparison, but right. then you have the other two guys in Ginobili and Parker, who uh, I think they both missed out on the NBA 75 but historically, yep. everyone looks at that big three as one of the great dynasties. Unfortunately for the Bucs, they're not going to have the time to do that. They're not going to be together for 15 mm-hmm. years. Hey, it would be fun if they're out there playing when they're 46, 47 <laughs> years old. But I don't think that it's going to happen. But they are that that type of model. So we'll see uh, what happens over the next few years. We know that yeah, at this stage, it looks like they're going to be with the Bucs for at least the next sort of three or four seasons. And by the way, if you're not classifying Drew, Chris and Giannis as a big three... I don't want to hear any disgusting <laughs> remarks like the Los Angeles Lakers have a big three with LeBron, oh Glassman, Anthony Davis, and Brickfest, Russell Westbrook. That's not a big three. The big three in Milwaukee actually get it done on the court. The team is good. They've won a championship. Those guys in LA are a mess. Just fun to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll it see is. how it plays out. But come on. Don't be disrespecting our guys. But in terms of that graph, really interesting stuff. Um, but I do think, yeah, the Bucks are a team that you kind of have to watch. Uh, to get a real appreciation for or Definitely. listen on the radio if you're into that type of thing, which is great because if you're into listening, you can listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They'll have you covered for all those types of things. But where are you watching this game, Camille? Bucks and Bulls, what's the plan? Oh, man, watching Bucks and Bulls from home. During okay. the pandemic, I made sure to invest in my my home <laughs> uh, yeah. my home audio, my home stereo, oh. my home TV. So... The setup is beautiful. I cannot wait to watch that game on my couch with all of my snacks, my Spreckers cream soda, and and have a good day. I'll be on the couch as well. There's no doubt about that. I think it's going to be hot here. I'm not trying to rub it into anyone, but I'll probably have the AC on. I'll be sitting back on the couch, Camille, listening to maybe Zora. By the way, shout out again to Zora. She was great on the play-by-play with that game against Marcus, uh, that game against Memphis with Marcus alongside and also Melanie as well is killing it on the sideline. So what a team. What a team they had there. Uh, we'll see when Lisa's back. I'm not too sure. Who knows? Either yeah. way, we're lucky. We're fortunate. Kind of like the Bucks. Uh, we got some good depth here in Milwaukee uh, with our broadcasting team. Superb depth. All right. 
I don't know whether we're going to podcast after this Bulls game. We will at some point, uh, depending on what time it finishes, what Frank's doing. I got well, I got to work tomorrow, Camille, so I got to get out after the game. So we'll see whether there's a post game pod, but check it out either way in case there is. Uh, if Giannis, you know, has a monster game, the Bucks have a big win. Frank might just go by himself. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. He's done it from time to time. But for now, we'll leave it there for Camille and myself. Take it easy. Enjoy the Bulls game. We'll speak to you guys next time.